Hi, my name is Gamal Hennessy, and I'm a comic book lawyer and author of the book, The Business of Independent Comic Book Publishing, and you're listening to Spoiler Country. Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. But... If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us, leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Join the cult of the Spoilerverse, and welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Johnny Horsley, talking to you by myself today, because Kenrick is not here, and today, on the show... I messed that up, I'll try it again. Today, on the show... Is that better for you? But today on the show, we talked to Gamal Hennessy, author of the book, The Business of Independent Comic Book Publishing, currently on Kickstarter. It's on Kickstarter for the next four days, so get over there, hit that show link below, or, or go search for it, check it out. If you're thinking about publishing your own comics and getting into the industry yourself, uh, it's a great book to get there and, and kind of show you the things you don't think about before you start. Stuff I wish I would have known before I ever started. So I backed the books. I'm going to get a copy of it because there's a lot of stuff in there that I want to know. Gamal is also a uh, comic book lawyer, and we learn a lot about what that means for this episode. Without taking up any more of your time here, let's just get into it and hear Kamal Hennessy in his own words. All right, welcome back, everybody. Today is going to be a lot of fun. We're talking with the creator of the Business of Independent Comic Book Publishing book that is currently on Kickstarter. Kamal Hennessy, how are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing good. I got dinner going. I got my kids out doing their thing, and the wife is happy. So I'm in a good place tonight. <laughs> okay. Well, you can't really ask for more than that in these times. Exactly. And I mean, in these crazy times. We got five. I got five kids at home doing homeschool, so it's the days are kind of stressful. But right now, it's good. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Take what you can get. Exactly. Exactly. So let's just let's just put all the fun stuff right here at the beginning of the show. Here, why don't you tell me what this book is about and why people should go check it out? Okay, well, the business of independent comic book publishing is a comprehensive um, explanation and analysis of all the different facets that go into producing a comic. It assumes that you don't know very much about anything in terms of comics and walks you through the whole process and all the decisions that have to be made and all the options that you have along each step of the way. So I start from your the initial inspiration that you get to make comics and have a career in comics as an independent publisher and walk you through the entire process until you actually have a catalog, you have your own unique business model for the stories you like to tell, and you have an ongoing revenue stream that you can use to kind of build your eventual empire. That's awesome. So what brought this about? What was your inspiration to, to making? I mean, this is a, a great concept and a great idea for to have for everybody out there trying to make it in the comic book world right now, but what brought this on? 
Well, I actually run a comic book law practice where I represent and support creators and publishers and artists from a legal standpoint. And I've been doing that for about 15, 20 years. But a lot of my background is also on the business side. And I realized that there was a gap. There was a hole in in the industry, both in what I was providing to my clients and to the literature that was out there, because I would help them, you know, protect their intellectual property, negotiate their contracts, set up their company and all that kind of stuff. But I left them on to their own devices when it came to marketing and distribution, advertising, sales, project management, and everything else. And I realized that while there were a lot of really good books about the creative side of making comics, there wasn't really a book that was really comprehensive about the business aspect. So this book is meant to kind of fill in that gap to help creators and publishers understand ideas that they were probably never taught. Things were probably never explained to them. And the only way they actually figured it out is after they tried and did something wrong or missed something or spent too much money or spent too much time because they didn't have that background. That's cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge, I guess this book sounds like it's going to give people a huge leg up and not have to spend a lot of time doing trial and error like I did 20 years ago when I first started making independent comics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the biggest piece of negative feedback that I've got about this book so far is that creators are angry that I didn't do it 10 or 15 years ago when they were <laughs> starting out in comics. Because they're like, well, I could have used this then. Well, thank you. I already know it now because I've spent X thousands of dollars in six, seven years of my life figuring it out on my own. Well, a, a, as an independent guy, I can say thank you for doing that. And I mean, better late than never, right? <laughs> but... <laughs> But I think in, in today's market, there's a lot of – I mean the current market of, of independent comics and people and have people doing it and the way the internet is and Kickstarter has opened up the world to a lot of new creators and new voices. So I mean this is an important book now more than ever because there's – you know, between now and 10 years ago, it's, it's a lot easier to find your voice and find a market for it than it was you know, in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's one of the other – major impetus for the book. I mean, you we always had people who kind of wanted to do their own comics, but the distribution models, the way they were in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, didn't really support that. And the just the marketing, the revenue streams, it was cost prohibitive in a way that it's not now. But just because the tools are out there, we need someone, at least somebody who's actually going to show people how to use the tools in a way that benefits them as opposed to just giving them the tools and wishing them well. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause that more than just wishing them well is what is what helps I me mean, to kind of call it that, you know, when you get a job and you're they just to give you the a sheet of what to do is not as helpful as someone actually walking you through it. Um, so yeah, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about your background a little bit. Cause I'm curious cause you said you were a, you run a law firm for comics for comic book people. What does that actually entail? Well, comic book law is a specific combination of intellectual property law, which is copyrights, trademarks, and things like that, uh, entertainment law, which is contracts and you know understanding just the way the economics of the entertainment market works, with a specific focus on publishing, because the majority of the initial you know releases are coming out in a publishing environment. But the one differentiation between comic book law and traditional publishing is that the characters and ideas have much more of a life and much more of a value off the page 
than they actually do on the page. Because if you just look at any example, like how much money does Batman generate in terms of comic book sales every year? And then compare that to how much Batman generates in merchandise, TV, film, interactive games, and stuff like that, you realize, well, Batman is far more valuable as an idea than he is printed on the comic. But you can't have the valuable idea without the comic. So comic book law has to take a look at both sides of that um, equation when you're, you know, working through deals with your clients. Interesting. Interesting. It's, it's, it's interesting dynamic of how comics affect pop culture and like, and like the idea of itself is more important sometimes than just the comic itself, the character itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the example that I always give is like, you take, I don't know, Hamlet, Captain Ahab. These are all fairly well-known characters, but they're not generating a lot of merch, right? There's no right. Captain Ahab <laughs> Xbox game coming out. Right. So the publisher or the writer of those kind of books, that kind of prose, doesn't really have to worry about that. But every time I get a client, and I, I always explain, you never, you cannot tell which book is going to become the next big thing. So you have to treat every book as if it might in terms of a legal um, setting. You got to figure out, well, what do you really want this story or these characters to be if they kind of get a momentum and get a life of their own? You want to actually have all the legal aspects of that kind of wrapped up before you actually go to market. Right. So what you're saying essentially is is in 2003 when I launched my first comic book and didn't worry about create trademarks or copyright and just put it out there for free. That's probably a bad idea legally. <laughs> well, it is a bad idea depending <laughs> on what your goal was. If your goal was just to get through the process of making a comic and understand what that, from just a creative standpoint, you wanted to actually understand what that was, right. then maybe it wasn't the worst thing. If you were trying to recreate, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but you didn't have any <laughs> copyrights, you didn't have trademarks, you didn't have any contracts, then yeah, that was probably not the best long-term strategic <laughs> Now, my goal was to make a stupid webcomic and make fun of my friends in college. That was my original goal for comics. Well, see, there that is a creative vision. Yeah. And you can't, you don't really need to mess with that because that, <laughs> that was a goal in and of itself. Right, exactly. And it worked because none of them talked to me anymore. So, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so, um, Back to the back to the Kickstarter. I think it's important for people out there listening because we have a lot of creative people who listen. We have we talk to a lot of in, independent people on this show specifically, um, as well as industry people too. Um, but we got our we first our when we first started this show about three years ago. We spent a lot of time talking to to indie people, Kickstarter people, making their comics and trying to make their way. Um, but to go back to your to your campaign here, uh, what are some of the different um, options people can get? Like what's what are the what are the rewards? Well, we have uh, basically four tiers of rewards not counting the options we put in for our Canadian friends. We have the digital version of the comic, the print version of the, the digital version of the book, the print version of the book. And then we have two higher tiers where you can get the digital version and an, a one hour consultation with me where I will actually walk through all of the major decisions and steps in independent publishing with you you know, as you have the book, so you can get more, a more tailored experience of how you're going about reading the book. And the last tier, which I don't think is available anymore because um, we, we capped it at 20, was you get the same consultation, but a paperback version of the book. Mm. And I lied because we have one more version where you get the print version and the um, digital version in a package. Nice. 
Nice. That's cool. The consultations are, I always like seeing one to have a consultation because then you get to share your knowledge with the, the people who are helping make this, you know, this book come become a reality. Exactly. Exactly. Because we are getting, um, we're getting to a point where, and one of the things that I was concerned about when I was writing the book is that a lot of people who are going to be reading this come from a creative background. So they have a creative mindset, which may not necessarily allow them to easily grasp like some of the financial concepts I put in the book or some of the logical process oriented concepts that I put in the book. So I think the consultation will help some people who need who want a little bit extra like guidance, a little bit extra nudge to walk them through understanding like, you know, what a P&L statement is, how to write an invoice, what they have to include or not include in their pre-production budgets and things like that. Nice. So without giving away too much of the secrets of the book here, what's one, one, one thing people do wrong when doing, you know, getting, trying to break in that you, you, you would say that it would be an easy fix? Um, the one thing that I think people do wrong is that they um, skip a crucial stage of the process. Because the way I lay out the business of independent comic book publishing, there's three major steps in the process. There's pre-production, production and post-production pre-production is where you gather all the resources and you make all the decisions that are going to affect the the life cycle of the book and that includes you know securing your intellectual property um getting figuring out where your initial investment funds are going to come from um putting together your team figuring out who your target market is and figuring out what distribution channels you're going to use to get to your target market. What I see a lot of people doing is they get inspiration to make a comic and then they just start making a comic. They don't know. They don't necessarily know who's going to make it. They don't know how it's going to get paid for. They don't know who's going to read it. They don't know how it's going to get out. <laughs> and then once in the, within the, in the middle of the process, somewhere along the line, they start thinking, Oh, I should have done this other thing back here. And now they're kind of tripping over themselves trying to create the process the right way when they, they started with the pre-production ideas. Before they anyone put up uh, started typing out a script or anything else, then they would have had it would have been a much easier and smoother process. I can agree with that fully because when I first every comic I've ever done, with the exception of my most recent that I've worked on, um, independently i did the same thing i just had an idea and just went straight into working writing a script and drawing it i uh, had no net, i made no no tries to even figure out anything beyond i'm gonna make a thing <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is which is kind of the i think the natural response to create for creative people but if right. you i mean i think well i think once people read this book and they kind of get through the ideas the next time they get an idea they'll like They'll write down the idea. They'll memorialize it so they don't forget it. And then they'll build on, they'll build this structure because once you build the structure, you can modify it any way you see fit for the next book. I do not, I never um, make the supposition that someone should read this book, apply this process and then only do it once because (laughs) you can't really have a successful career in anything. If you only put out one product, you've got to kind of, the successful musician has to keep out putting out music. The successful athlete has to keep having good games. The successful comic book creator has to keep making comics, but this process will let you, you know, do it over and over again. So you can modify it for whatever kind of book you're going to do 
in any kind of format you're going to do. Just, you know, things have to be moved around. But once you understand the process, it's not hard to do. That's cool. That's like I said, as, as you mentioned earlier, I wish I had something like this back when I first did my first book because it's, I look at it now. I, I published my first, I self-published my first book in 2008 and I look at it. I was so proud of it. You know, I sold probably 900 or a thousand copies over a year or two of to people who read my webcomic and I was so proud of it, but I look back at it now and it's such a cluster. It's, there's so many things missing that I, I'd go back and not do in that book and you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I literally was like, Oh, I just make pages and, and, and find a publisher and publish it. It's not a big deal. And yeah, I didn't know what I, I, I think I, I think I ended up finally breaking even on that project, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, <laughs> but well, a you know, lot of projects do not break even. So no matter how it came about, you should be proud of what you actually accomplished. <laughs> well, I consider breaking even like my, co- I don't consider like my actual like time to actually draw and write the stuff. I like, I don't count any of that time frame. So I'm pretty sure if I kind of like time oh. to create, then it would definitely not be a break even because you know, if, <laughs> cause you put hours oh, and hours into that part, you know, the break even as far as exactly. my costs, <laughs> my yeah, monetary yeah. So costs. In your PNL statement, there is no creative cost, but that is <laughs> right. actually not accurate. It's not. That's how you lie and make it look good, right? <laughs> yes, we go. There's a certain amount of Hollywood accounting. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like my my last project. I put out Einsenthal, which is a horror book. If I, it's it's made money. It's profitable. It's profited after um even after paying all the people who worked on it and stuff like that. But if I would have initially told my wife how much I paid people to write and draw book stories with me in that book, she probably would have freaked out on me because she would have been like, "You're doing what for what?" <laughs> Um, and that like, actually, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because in the investment section of the book where I talk about how how to put money into the book and how much money you're going to need and where you find the money, at least two or three times, I say anyone who has a <laughs> strong interest or, you know, say in where your money comes from and where it goes, you should probably let them know <laughs> that you're actually putting this cash in because it is it is subject to a 100 percent loss. So yeah. people might want to know where the cash is. So to, to clarify my statement there, she knew every time I paid somebody, she knew how much I was paying them, but I just didn't tell her the overall total adding it all up. <laughs> I see. So it, it was death by a thousand cuts. You, exactly. You, you exactly. I get it. I get it. Cause she does, she does all of our finance. I don't do any of our finances, our personal finances. And I paid for, I paid for all, all the artists and writers out of my pocket for that, that series. And, uh, but it was all like, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there over the course of like three years. But if you add it all together, she'd probably be like, you spent how much on that book? I'm like, but, but babe, we made our money back and we made money. We made money. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> See, but there, that also is another key that that's in the book is that comic books actually cost a certain amount to produce. But that money is not necessarily required all up front all at once. Right. As milestones get reached in the production stage or in the business stage, then the certain amounts have to go out. But it's not as if you say to yourself, well, I need $10,000 for a comic. And suddenly you have to have a lump sum of $10,000 sitting in the bank. Right. That's not accurate. It's you not. have to have a, a few hundred dollars here, a few hundred dollars there. And over the life cycle of the book, it might be 10000 But right. it's not going to be all up front. Exactly. That's actually a really good point. Your cover art is ten thousand dollars, and then you you did that to yourself, right? And they better be somebody like you know somebody who's the big name going to help sell the book. (laughs) Exactly. Because if I'm dropping ten grand on a cover artist, they better they better help sell me ten thousand (laughs) dollars worth of books. (laughs) Yeah, at least ten thousand. Because I that's you're not not going to be just cover. There's got to be some pages inside. No, just 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 one picture. Just the cover. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man. Yeah, because now you're just selling posters. That's that's a different. Um, we call them prints. They're more fancy. That's a fancy term. <laughs> oh well, okay. <laughs> so. When this book is out, um, and it, this, you, as of recording this, your Kickstarter has roughly five days to go, and I'm going to try and get this out for you tomorrow, so it'll be four days people hear this for it to, to end. Um, and it's funded, so it's going to come out. You know, no worries about anybody who goes to the back of it not being funded. It's funded. It's, it's good to go there. Once it's done on Kickstarter, is there going to be a way for people to purchase this book after the fact? Um, yes, but I do not know when because no. I've recently – the success of the Kickstarter actually um, attracted the interest of literary agent. Oh. So I signed with an agency earlier this week with the idea of because the way the book is structured and the way my vision of the book because I want this book to be available in like colleges and universities for mm-hmm. illustrators and MFA students oh, to idea. actually come out of school with a knowledge of how the business works. And the agent that I signed with said, "Well, the best way to do that is if we." go with a traditional publisher after your Kickstarter is over and then, you know, use their kind of sales force to get the book into those institutions. So I agreed because that means probably more money. Yes. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know when, if we actually did one of those deals, when the book would come out. So the, gotcha. the good news for the people who back the Kickstarter is you guys will get the book first and you will definitely be the only ones who get it in 2020 because no matter which publisher we go with, it wouldn't be available to them to buy until 2021. Well, I asked that question 100% selfishly, but uh, because of that, I'm not going to back the book on right now. So, cause I want this, I wasn't going to be like, Oh, I'll wait. Cause it, I was in a way, Oh, I'll get it when it comes out afterwards, but no, I'll just back it now. <laughs> so that wasn't the original plan. The original plan was to kind of release it in October, November after the Kickstarter backers got theirs. But, you know, yeah. things change. Well, I mean, it sounds like that change is going to be good overall because you're going to get it in front of more people who need to see it and get it out there for more for the more eyes that, that really should be seeing this and might not be able to see it if it was in those you know, in those avenues. Yeah. Yeah. And the the I think the idea that really got people's attention is that this book is actually going to be the first in a series. So oh, nice. this book is specifically about independent publishing and it lays down a foundation for the entire industry. But the next book that I'm going to do, which I'm not going to start writing till like January, is specifically going to focus on freelance comic book publishing because the business models there are a little bit different and the motivations and the outcomes are a little bit different compared to independent comic book publishing. That, and I'm hoping that book comes out in 2022. And then in 2024, I'm going to do one specifically for uh, the creator-owned, creator-driven type of image deal. So that because then again, it's a, it's a very it's a slightly different kind of focus in terms of the business and legal aspects that someone has to look at if they want to go that route. So it's going to it should be a set. And it's all over. Nice. That, that's actually cool because you get to, you hit all three aspects. I assume that this one book might have touched on all three of those. But if yeah, I mean, I'm, I is me not knowing anything about this aspect as far as like the legal parts and what you should and shouldn't do, because you know, like I said, I did things off the seat of my pants. Um would assume that it'd be very similar, but if there's enough information out there to, to warrant three books, that's, that's great. Yeah. I, the original idea was to make it all into one book, but I had a, a friend who was actually an executive over at Valiant. And when I was explaining the idea to him, he said, you realize if you do three, 
all three of them in one book. You know, the book's going to be like a thousand pages. No <laughs> one's going to read it. And you probably will never finish writing it because it's going to take you like eight or nine years to do. And he's probably right. So he's, you break it up into a set. He said, don't make, he said, don't make it a, the, the equivalent of a graphic novel. Make it a limited series and then collect it in a trade later if you want. But, you know. Right, right. That's, that's a good idea. That's cool. That's cool. So you got a, you got a, a three book plan here, and if uh, everything works right, people will be able to be able to get it. You know, in the next couple of years, but in three four years from now, it's awesome. Well, when you have those other ones going, if you do a Kickstarter form, or if you don't because you have a an agent now, then you're going to straight publish them. But if you do, you definitely have to come back on and talk about them because I'll be I'll be happy to help uh, and interested in helping push them out. Absolutely, absolutely. I got a personal, not, not personal, but a more of a, a interesting question for you outside of all of this. Just have some fun. What kind of com- what kind of comics do you read? Well, most of the time I am reading um, some. I read a lot of espionage related comics, a lot of martial arts related comics, a lot of, uh, I guess, crime and thriller type comics. And, but occasionally I will also read. You know, I grew up like as a Marvel fan, so I will always gravitate back towards you know, stuff that's Marvel is doing, but it's usually like the older stuff. Mm-hmm. Although I read, you know, I read house of X powers of 10 because well, yeah. Half, but right. <laughs> now other than that, yeah. Cause so it's a lot of like, you know, I grew up with like Grendel and black Panther and master Kung Fu and a lot of Electra and stuff like that. So those are the comics I read. Although I do read used did and still do read like, you know, quite a bit of X-Men, stuff like that. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I was big in the X-Men in the 90s. I, 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 I'm 38, so I grew up in the, I mean, my, I grew up in the early 90s and graduated in 2000. I grew up watching the X-Men TV show, which got me into X-Men comic books and, you know, grew up thinking, grew up thinking Wolverine was the coolest character in the world. <laughs> well, for a long time, Marvel did too, because that was the majority of their revenue stream. Yeah, yeah. It's like DC with Batman now. Everything's Batman. <laughs> Yeah, either it's Batman or it's attempting to somehow be like Batman yep. because that's where the cash is coming in. Pretty much, pretty much. I, I Although, as a fan, I wish DC would do something besides Batman because while I love Batman, I'd like to see more non-Batman stuff out there. I used to get annoyed with the comic, with the uh, cartoon movies they would make because every movie seemed to have to have Batman in it for some reason. And I didn't understand that because it's, it's like, yes, he's there, but we can do movies without Batman. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, the thing is, they've, if you look at the history of like the major moves that they've tried to make outside of Batman, whether you've got, I mean, Flashpoint did well, but you know, they tried a Green Lantern movie that yeah. didn't work out. Yeah. They tried a couple different variations on the Superman franchise and that didn't work out. Right. So, but every time they go back and go, okay, those things didn't work. Let's try Batman again. And usually the Batman thing will work. And they, okay, well, and as a company, as an organization, you want to do the things that continue to work and not worry about the things that don't work. Right. So the fact that they're actually, you know, they're dipping their toes in with trying to get more prominence for like Shazam. They're leaning more into Harley Quinn, which is basically just a comedic version of that. Right. Um, they're, you know, they're they're trying. But keep in mind, every Every time they make one of those moves, it's an investment. Yeah. And they need to see some sort of return on the investment. And when they don't, they go, okay, well, what can we do with Batman? (laughs) 
No, I, I, I get it from, my, from a total business standpoint. I 100% get it. It makes sense. As a fan, though, I, it's like I, I get burnt out on Batman, you know? Uh, but, I, you know, it's, it's, but it, makes, it makes sense. I mean, if, if everything's not making you money, go back to what makes you money. I, I, I totally get it. Uh, and, I mean, I'm, I'm as guilty as everybody else because I'll, I'll watch anything with Batman in it just because it's like, oh, I've, I grew up on Batman, so I'll watch it. Exactly. I mean, you may be burned out on it and you may be, like, annoyed that they're not doing other characters. But if DC knows that your money is coming in because you're sitting in front of it, whether it's annoyed money or it's happy money, you could spend it the same. Yeah, so it's, it's still money. People can be annoyed. Yeah, whatever. So it's a smart move, I guess. <laughs> Dumb on me, smart on them. <laughs> to kind of wrap this all out there for everybody here, um, you've got the Kickstarter. It's got five days, four days of, of the airing of this is going to come out tomorrow on Friday. Um, is there any last bit of words of advice or anything you want any of the listening you want them to know before they go and back it? Um, yes. There, the book is not going to reduce or be detrimental to your creativity or your vision. Mm. There is no contradiction between really being passionate about the story you want to tell and really having a firm foundation in the business and legal aspects of your story. Because if it's, a, if it's an idea that you really want to get out into the world, you'll have a much better time of it and a much bigger chance of success if you have like the double-edged sword of the creative vision and the business foundation. You just go in with the creative vision, you can make a lot of mistakes that will be detrimental to your, to your story, to your characters. If you go in with you know, armed with both sides, you'll have a much better time. Good information. Good to know. And Kamal, I thank you so much for coming on there and uh, I will get this pumped out and tell everybody to go and check this out that I know. Sounds great. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we're back. Well, and I'm back. So what'd you guys think? That was cool. Yeah, John, I thought that was cool. Cool. Thanks, John. Yeah, it's late. I'm talking to myself now, trying to make this interesting. But uh, Kamal was great. We had a good time. Hopefully, I haven't come back on in the future for his future projects. As he said, this is a trilogy series of helping people understand what it takes to create your own kind of book from three different aspects, whether it's going to be uh, independent publishing, freelance publishing, or uh, the other one he said that I can't think off the top of my head because it's late and I should have had this done hours ago, but I'm trying to get this out so you can all see it because there are four days left as of recording this. So whenever you hear this, go check it out. And as you said, you know, if you don't get the Kickstarter, you're gonna have to wait a while because he did sign a deal to have it released through a publisher. So look for that next year if you don't, if you miss out on it, if you're hearing this in the future, right, it's not on Kickstarter. But if you're hearing this now, the next four days, go to Kickstarter and back to the business of independent comic book publishing, or click on the show notes down below on that link or check out on Twitter, which goes anywhere. Just, just find it and back it or share it. You won't regret it. Well, guys, that's a show. That's it for tonight. I need to get this in this queue for tomorrow and go to bed because it's late and I have to work tomorrow. So go to our website, spoilers.com. Check out all of our great back issues where we talk to tons of creators from all across the globe in every aspect of the of the pop culture creative medium from directors to writers to artists to producers to composers to everything. Just, just check it all. It's awesome. And check out all of our other shows up there. Also, check out our articles and reviews and previews and all the fun stuff from all the people who work on the site. There's so much fun stuff up there. And while you're there, click on that store link there in the middle. Go buy a t-shirt or a hoodie or a face mask or whatever. Look fly as hell and to help uh, support the show there with, you know, a dollar or two we get kicked back for for that. 
All right, guys, that's a show. We're out of here. Just one more thing to do, and that's in an oceans of podcasts. We are Cthulhu, and as Cthulhu compels you to do, open the mind and just read, read, read. Reading expands the mind and makes you maybe makes you smarter, makes you uh, more lovable, and makes you know makes you get all those all those charm points. Over. All right. Kind of, kind of.